following podcast contains coarse language, adult themes, and the possible destruction of society as we know it. It's estimated one million Australians have either been stood down or lost their jobs due to the pandemic. Some economists argue the full impact could be even worse. Now I just don't know what's going to happen. I'll count myself very fortunate to get any job at all at the end of this because there will be so many of us looking. You know how people say you had one job? Well, in, I mean, it's a president's job to declare a national disaster, a national emergency. But then, by definition, it is the president's job to get the federal government to run the response to that emergency. That's why you declare it. That's the whole point. The Prime Minister was admitted to hospital on Sunday night after persistent coronavirus symptoms over several days, which worsened. to what he says. Watch what he does. I mean, just whatever he had said about it. Nevertheless, on that date, by declaring that federal emergency, he put the federal government in charge of the response. And then he didn't actually do the work. The government's plan to pay a flat rate wage subsidy of $1,500 a fortnight will be considered by a slimmed down version of the federal parliament, which after today is not scheduled to sit again for four months. Three hundred and five people died of coronavirus in New York City in the past 24 hours, which means in America's largest city today, one person died from coronavirus every 4.7 minutes. I think it's important to re realise that even if Australia does a good job at controlling this, it's probably going to be a while before global conditions return to normal. Westminster and the country wait. Across the Thames from the Houses of Parliament, the Prime Minister remains in intensive care. It's an understandable frustration. There are literally still frontline healthcare workers who have been seeing coronavirus patients in, in places like New York City who can't get themselves tested. It's just nuts. The further devastation from coronavirus is starting to set in now with by far the biggest daily total of deaths for any one country. That country is the United States. One of the authoritative websites is reporting the daily death toll there in the US, so this is just for the last 24 hours, is around 1,900 A dead. spokesman for number 10 Downing Street has in the last few minutes said that the Prime Minister, who's in intensive care for coronavirus at St Thomas's Hospital in London, has been stable overnight and remains in good spirits. So as I mentioned, across the US the death toll has uh, gone through 12,000 now with around 380,000 confirmed infections. Some of the deadliest hotspots include New York, Detroit and New Orleans. Authorities in Paris have banned exercising outside during the day. More than 10,000 people have now died in France since the outbreak began. Welcome to the ISOcast, an advice podcast for the isolation era. My name is Patrick Cullen and I'm your host. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's only been two days since our last episode and things have really got serious around the world. Boris Johnson is in ICU and across the Atlantic in the USA, things are getting really out of control. 
thousands of new infections, the death toll is rising and testing is nowhere near adequate. Meanwhile in Australia, the lockdown seems to be working. Our health system is managing the crisis, but there's no real end to isolation in sight. So yeah, cool. Scary stuff, so I decided to reach out to Ash King. Ash is a powerhouse. She's en route to her PhD in psychology. She's a musician, a dancer, and a teacher, a horror movie enthusiast, and generally an all-around legend. She's thoughtful, knowledgeable, and one of those people with sort of boundless empathy for other humans. Here's a little chat with her I had earlier on. Hey Ash, how you doing mate? Yeah, good, how are you? I'm pretty bloody alright. I um, <laughs> I just went and braved the shops and I, uh, I escaped alive. But um, it's starting to get pretty freaking wild out there, man. How are you, how are you doing? Yeah, you know, just taking it day by day at this point. But Not, yeah. I haven't lost my mind just yet, but I'm a little bit of a homebody anyway so the whole like staying cooped up in my house is doesn't really bother me as much as it does other people yeah well that's probably pretty lucky ash uh i i, I sort of been found myself like going both ways on it man like i found myself like two days ago i woke up feeling amazing i felt really 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 great and then um, today, after coming back from the shops, I'm like, oh my god, there are enemies everywhere. This world, I'm surrounded by them. Uh, they're in, they're out, they're all over the joint. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it was just like, they laid all these, there was like lines to get into coals and people in masks. It's just a frightening thing to look at, I think. Yeah, it is a very strange situation that we're living through. And like I said to my friends last night, like that it, it's like the biggest global, like, crisis since the second world war which just seems like a, a mad trip right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i think that's i think that's pretty freaking accurate man and uh are you and joel hold up uh okay are you guys batting down the hatches and and doing all right over there yeah we're doing okay he's getting through skyrim i am <laughs> um re-watching <laughs> I'm rewatching all my favorite comedy films to try and lift my spirits. So it seems to be working. Yeah, that's that's a nice that's a nice balance, Ash. I'm freaking into that, um, dude. I might get you to help me with this first little segment of my show, if if you yeah. can to help me out. The the it's called Existential Dread, and it's just about getting a a rating from you from about one to ten about where your existential dreads at. Um, but before we start, we've got to sing the theme tune. So um, my part goes existential dread. And if, if you could sing something over the top of that and I'll, I'll splice it together to make it sound just really beautiful, Ash, it'll just be powerful. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. You down for that? Okay. Yep. So well, I just have to say something over the top. Yeah. So if you could say, say go for existential dread and maybe sing yep. a slightly higher part. Maybe an existential dread. Something in there. Something in that sort of vernacular. Okay. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I don't promise it's going to be any good, but contrived. Hey, man, you should... Nathan's one from Tuesday was just so beautiful. So don't don't you worry about that. Um, we're going to go on the count of three. Ready? Yeah. One, two, 
three. Existential dread. Yeah, perfect, dude. Exactly right. How's your existential dread, Ash? How are you coping? Um, look, I have my ups and downs and definitely I feel like anxiety is one of those things that you can't kind of just turn on and off with a bit of a, a switch. So uh, when I think more and like long and hard about it, I guess like rumination makes the existential dread really seep into one's body. Mm. Um, but besides that, you know, like try and distract myself and try and keep myself busy and I guess it gets a little bit better every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. Out of 10, Ash, where would you say you're sitting currently today? With the dread. With the dread. Look, I reckon I'm at about a 7, a 7.1. 7.1. That is incredibly specific. You're the first person to throw a point in there, Ash. I really appreciate that. Um, You're welcome. (laughs) What's uh, what's pushing you to a 7.1, Ash? What are the key things which are sort of alarming you to to that state, do you think? Well, 7.1 is actually, I feel like it's reduced to me. So I'm hey, quite happy. Hey, congratulations for coming seven. down, Ash. What's bringing you down? I think I've, I've been hovering at around a nine to eight. So oh, wow, I feel like a seven for me today is a bit of a win. Hey, congratulations <laughs> on your 7.1, Ash. That's fantastic, Thank you. pal. That's fantastic. Thanks very much. What's bringing yes. you down? Um, You know what? I think it's... I think it's just one of those things where some mornings you wake up and you just feel a little bit more grounded and a little Mm. bit more balanced. Um, And I I think it's definitely um, one thing about being a human is that we like to imagine that we've got so much control over the way that we're feeling and the way that we're thinking. Um, But I think that it's worth noting that we fluctuate from moment to moment and from day to day. And there's so much stuff that's going on inside our bodies, you know, like hormonally or through what we're eating, as well as, you know, the hormones that are surging through our um, our brains and all of those neurochemicals cooking up a little cocktail. So sometimes you're just, you're just at the mercy of that. And sometimes it's doing you massive favors and sometimes it's being a massive bitch. <laughs> Yeah, fuck yeah, man. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I'm, I'm absolutely right there with you, Ash. I, I totally feel that, dude. Um, what's been helping you, Ash? What's been helping you bring, bring those numbers down? What have you found to be effective for you? Okay, so one thing that definitely helped was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I called my GP and I got a mental health care plan. Ah. Um, so I took some initiative and I decided I wanted to chat to uh, a mental health care practitioner. Yeah. And I, like even just talking to my GP over the phone and then her going, oh, yeah, yeah, look, I've just like I've sent um, the psych practice your details and you can book in a session. Like just that action um, was incredibly relieving. It was almost like, oh, wow, like great, like there's a load off or I can talk to someone about all this shit and I don't really have to deal with everything in my, inside the space of my own mind or with all the tools that I currently have at my disposal. So, yeah, I thought that that step of being quite proactive and also the government's making it easier, um, really easier than ever to get mental health care plans and, and make um, sort of uh, telehealth uh, psychological services more, more affordable. Dude, that's such a good idea, Ash. Like on a scale from one through to good ideas, that's a bloody great idea. 
Um, it's a great idea. Have you? Are you seeing a psychologist you've seen before? Are you reaching out to somebody new? Like, how did you? Have you gone through the process of finding a, the right psych? I guess to go and talk to. Yeah. It's challenging um, and I think that, you know, I know so many people who have just like found people who are not the right fit and then mm. they kind of go off the whole concept of, of um, seeking help, which is to me an absolute tra- uh, tragedy because yeah. a backstory, I am a... Um, I'm a, a psych PhD student currently um, and I'm getting my provisional registration now. So I kind of Woo! am sort of in the thick of it in terms of the um, psychological scene. I also work for the Indigo Project. Oh, yeah. Um, and we're, we're a, a psychological uh, practice and mental health organisation um, based in Sydney in New South Wales. So um, ordinarily, if people ask, I tell people to go there because um, I know most of the practitioners who work there and they're all amazing, such different, really warm, um, compassionate, smart, uh, really obviously like well-credentialed um, experts. And so that's initially where I started my therapy. But um, mm. now as I am uh, employed there, I've decided to go to different practice just because it's probably a little bit more ethical sort of to yeah. keep your your business out outside your business um but <laughs> otherwise you know <laughs> um otherwise you know like i have had um i have had therapy with indigo before and it was great and it was kind of the thing that turned me onto it all and got and made me think wow this this stuff really works and yeah. this can make my life so much better i went and saw a clinical psych uh last year or the year before a wonderful man by the name of david marischel who works out of edgecliff and the mental health plan that I got and the time that I spent with that guy was just so beneficial for me. It was absolutely awesome. And I guess like I had a really I had a really clear idea of who I wanted to speak to. Like I knew I wanted to speak to a guy, I knew I wanted to speak to a clinical psychologist, and I wanted to speak to somebody around my age that sort of I thought would get me the best. Um, and it was a really positive experience for me, but I've had friends who have been like, oh, I went and saw a psychologist and it was, it was awkward and weird and I hated it and bah, and I don't know that I want to go back. And I don't know. I don't know if you have any thoughts around that, Ash, and, and how people can go about looking for the right person for them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely know what you mean. Um, and, and not that I want to turn this whole thing into a uh, plug for the place that I work for, but we um, have thought about this so much as well because we recognise it as being a massive issue. And once you have a bad experience with a psychologist, it's really hard to sort of work up that strength um, and and go to see someone new. Because not only, like, for a lot of people, it costs money, you know, yeah. it's, out, it's like time that you're spending and you're also having to be incredibly vulnerable. Massively. And when you, when you sit across from someone that you feel like you can't, talk to or you think oh this person's a bit off or it's really awkward then it makes it um the whole experience like something that you really don't want to revisit and not something in your mind that you can think oh this is really great and this is going to be really really good for me so i think in terms of finding a good psych um well like on indigo's website we have like a little quiz that you can do you can actually like answer a bunch of cute little questions and you can um you can you know input if you want to see 
if you want to see like a male psych, if you want to, um, you, t- you sort of say how old you are, what sort of things you want to work on, um, and even other stuff. Like I want my psychologist to be, you know, a creative or a parent yeah. or, you know, female identifying or, um, uh, you know, existential or good at tough love. So if you've kind of got a bit of um, an idea of how you, you want um, your interaction to go, then you can kind of choose all of those from our little filters, which is cool. That is rad, Ash. And I hope you guys branch out into making it an Instagram filter where you can just like put it on your head, like which psychologist should I get? And you can just hold the button down. <laughs> that would be <laughs> the faces. That would be great. That would be really, would be really great. helpful. You know, that's the way to move into the 21st century, man. I didn't mean to do your social media marketing, but it looks like, you know, you just got that as a bonus. Um, I will put a link to the Indigo Project uh, in the episode description and I'll, I'll pump that out as well, Ash. I think that's a really useful resource for people right now. I think there's going to be a lot of people who are, looking to access those services or, or, or it might be frightened about doing it and really should like it sounds like it's a really bloody good idea yeah well between you and me we can celebrate you know the the good stuff that we've gotten out of it and hopefully encourage other people to yeah to open up to the idea and, and reach out for themselves yeah i love that ash i love that that's actually some positive change on this podcast what a time to be alive um my dude what else what else has been rocking your world ash what has you been doing to to bring down that existential dread have you been finding joy in any of the things what's been what's been doing it for you pal What's been doing it for me? I tell you what, I have been revisiting a bunch of my favorite comedy films oh, all yeah. the time, and I got my um, my family to email me um, a bunch of their favorite comedies too. And so I've just been, yeah, I've been collecting. I guess I've been collecting my favorite movies, and some of them I haven't watched for years and years, um, and kind of watching them now and watching them with my partner who some of them he's never seen before so he gets a a, a good dose of insight into me and uh, as well as like what sort of ridiculous things i find amusing and your twisted brand of of comedy ash which is you know just some really powerful stuff um any (laughs) any real big winners there pal what's 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 been good off that list uh okay what have i watched um we watched animal house the other day i've never seen it it's a National Lampoon's movie uh, made back in the 70s. Look, some of it hasn't aged too well. Um, <laughs> some of the jokes are a bit off-colour and a bit sus as we would see them through a 21st century lens. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like, you know that really sort of juvenile joke that you probably did in, you know, primary school or maybe even high school yeah. where you kind of pretend to sneeze and, sta- and be like, good job. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, this is the movie that kind of started that. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, it's the inception of the sneeze. It's this under the sneeze joke. Okay, all right, all right, all right. I'm into it, Ash. I'm into it. You're sort of pushing for some escapism here, pal, which I'm, which I'm very into. I had Nathan on the show on, on Tuesday, and he was telling me that he's just leaning into it and reading Cormac McCarthy's The Road. And um, I, I much prefer your approach. I think National Lampoon is a, is a much better way to go. Yeah, look, I, it makes, I usually I'm a, um, a horror movie addict, so I'll watch any of like the most horrific and frightening films that you could hand me. But I think that I need, need a little touch of lightness um, at the moment. So I'm, I'm driving myself to some comedies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. I love that, Ash. Okay, so you've got some you got some real juvenile stuff coming out with some, some National Lampoon there, which is delightful. Any other real winners that you found off that list? Um, another one of my all-time faves is A Fish Called Wanda, and that's a 1980s film written by John Cleese. I don't know if you've, have I you have ever seen that. I have seen that, yeah, yeah. 
absolute banger and Kevin Pine <laughs> is just so hilarious in it and uh, Michael Palin and Jamie um, Lee Curtis is just an absolute fox of a woman so I could not recommend it more. You know what Jamie Lee Curtis is massively underrated just like across the board as an actress and as a human and as an absolute babe in the 80s. Yeah, some of the movies that she did were so awesome. Uh, I just love her in anything. Remember her in True Lies? Dude. Could you be a hotter human being? You couldn't if you tried. That uh, that dancing around the uh, around the bedpost scene, hooly dooly, Ash, hooly yeah. dooly. I think I saw that when I was about 13 and my eyes fell out of my head. Um, I think, I, might have I think that was a... The sexual awakening of, of many young people after that. <laughs> that and um, basic instinct. Oh, <laughs> man. Basic instinct. Holy moly. Basic instinct was hot as hell. I can't believe they were able to make that movie. That was that was serious. Um, the, 80s, the 80s knew sex. They knew how to do it. They knew how to do it. They knew about sex and shoulder pads. Um, <laughs> that was that was the two big big learnings out of the 80s. Uh, I was actually, this is a total sidebar, but um, a mate of mine, uh, Emily Javier, works for a, a company called Retro Sweat in Sydney. And um, I was getting my lovely partner, Polly, into, uh, she used to do Krav Maga, but can't go and Krav it anymore. Um, and so I was trying to convince her to go and do some aerobics. And she has now fallen to this hole on YouTube of like 80s um, aerobics videos. And mate, there is some incredible content in there, Ash. I don't know if you've deep dived into that stuff, mate, but there is, woo, it's, uh, it's great for a look. It's it's great for a look. I've I've been to some retrospect classes myself. Have you? And, um, yeah, and I've run some at my gym. And because I'm a huge '80s nerd, like love '80s music. I love the I love '80s rock and roll actually. So I've got my fair share of high cut um, high cut leotards that I like to bust <laughs> out on occasion. And I think doing that in the privacy of your own home, Ash, at the moment is a great way to go. You could fully like tease out that hair, pull on your high cut leotard and really just do some step touch. Yeah, you certainly can. And if you're just doing it with your own self in your own space, you don't have any, uh, you know, music copyright violations <sighs> to tear you down. Hey, listen, isn't that great? Isn't that a, so great. a fantastic thing? I, I love that, Ash. I love that. Um, getting back to your film list, my dude, any others on there that you'd recommend for the people who might just need a good, uplifting comedy to bring themselves back to reality, back to life? Okay, so I, I think that I have a bit of a, like, some sort of comedy fetish when it comes to, like, really bizarre, um, sort of slightly otherworldly male characters. Huh. And some of them that are on this list of mine... <laughs> Um, uh, so you might have seen um, Tim Burton's Beetlejuice, but I absolutely love Michael Keaton in that film. Um, he's just like such a, a pervy, si hilarious sicko um, that I think <laughs> hasn't seen that needs to say. Um, Rick Mail in Drop Dead Fred is another oh man classic. Rick Mail is um, an incredible actor and it was so funny. He's, it's, it's so funny. And you know what? That's That movie is, is also uh, got heaps of quite deep and moving psychological content. Get out um, of here. Stuff about, you know, getting in touch with your inner child again and, and sort of like giving yourself the support and nourishment that you need, especially when you're struggling. So that movie makes me cry and laugh. And I think that, that there's not that many movies that can do that. Um, and then finally, and this might be a little bit one out of left field and one that my husband still refuses to watch with me, <laughs> is, um, 
is a movie called Clifford. It stars Clifford? Martin Short when he was in his 40s, but he's playing a 10-year-old boy. What? <laughs> and he's basically like a little demon. He's not really a demon, but he's just like the most evil and horrible kid that you've ever ever met and he just um slowly bit by bit just destroys his uncle's life because he really wants to get taken to a theme park called dinosaur world clifford is a very special little boy would you please stop hitting the back of my chair i am trying to sleep i'm sorry miss nice older person but i don't know what you're talking about perhaps you were just having a nightmare about your early days in the circus Far out. Why does Joe refuse to watch it? What's his What's his What's his problem with it? I don't know. I just uh, like my whole family is like low key obsessed with this film, um, and we use it as a bit of an initiation test as to like <laughs> who we're, who we're allowed to accept into the family. And I think that Joel just doesn't want to prescribe to this uh, <laughs> this ridiculous custom, so refuses to watch. <laughs> You got to admire the fact that he had an initiation test to pass, and he just totally rejected the entire notion of the test. And um, yeah. you guys got married anyway, so take that <laughs> initiation rituals. I think that's Joel one initiation ritual zero. Um, yeah, that sounds wild. Ash, I've never even heard of this film. Yeah, not many people have. It was a massive, massive flop. Um, <laughs> That doesn't, to me, that doesn't mean that it's not amazing. And, in fact, it is amazing and one of the greatest films that you'll ever watch. So he's a 10-year-old boy and he's actually, a the actor's 40, playing a 10-year-old boy, destroying his uncle's life. Is his uncle the, a normal age for an uncle? Yeah, everyone else is completely normal age. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds really silly. It's really stupid, but... It's just, I don't know. It just resonates somewhere in a deep place within me. Amen. And I think that we just need to accept that when that happens. And also, it just like reminds me of the value of creating art um, because it's bound to connect with somebody somewhere. And I always mm -hmm. think about that when I watch movies that are, have lost millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> um, that, that I have like loved. And I'm like, oh my God, like, imagine if this person. Imagine if all these people who are involved in this creative project um, knew that this was going to be a massive disaster. I never made it. And I would, my life would be substantially less rich without mm -hmm. the contribution of that piece of art. So I think that we can never, you know, you, you can bag on something, but somewhere out there that's like touching a place inside someone and making their life a bit better. So, you know, got to love the art. I, I do. I completely agree with that entire sentiment. And you know what? It's it's. Um, it makes me think about Rocky Horror, right? Like when Rocky Horror debuted, everyone thought it was a total. It was a flop, right? Initially, uh, it was a flop, and then people started watching it in underground cinemas, like kind of like half as a gag, and then it got to be absolutely massive, and is and is still played, you know, and midnight cinemas will will be played again in midnight cinemas cinemas all over the world um, once COVID's over. So you just you kind of never know how stuff's going to resonate with people, and you don't want to write it off. I mean, that's a really well, nice perspective. Yeah, I I agree with that. I, I sometimes ask, you know, if you could make a film, would you prefer to make a huge blockbuster hit that everyone forgot about, or um, would you prefer to make a movie that ha flopped but turned into a cult favorite and mm. was like loved for for years and years and years? Absolutely, absolutely. I think you'd rather. I mean, I'd rather go for the cult one. Like, like riddle me this, Ash. What's the plot of Thor One? <laughs> 
No what? idea, right? No one knows. Thor one. Thor, no. yeah. No idea. But I can tell you intimately what the details are of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. I can, I know it. I can see it all in my brain. So, oh, for the for the Rocky Horror Picture Show. No, I'm with you for that. I definitely, I'm a huge fan of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Massively. And I remember um, printing out the audience participation script when I was in year six, and my parents. <laughs> And my parents, the whole thing, the whole script, okay, this is the whole movie. And I remember my mum and dad read it and they're like, there's no way that you are going to this. You're like, you are actually 12 years old. <laughs> so good, Ash. I wonder if that was a really key moment for you and Fishnets, you know? I wonder if that's where that may have may have kicked off, accentuated by your love of the 80s. Yeah, maybe there was a bit, well, like, you know, Tim Curry is, uh, you know, like a king of, the 80s too so what a cute, I, what a set of gams there yeah. what an incredible oh, set of pins he is just really a divine gift to humanity <laughs> but i think your point stands i think you have a point that you know what would you rather make a fucking big blockbuster or a cult classic i'd rather make a cult classic any day of the week i'd like to have the money from making a motion picture blockbuster but the the cultural impact of the uh the cult bizarre movie that's what i'd really like yeah, I think the cult movies really sort of worm their way into people's hearts mm. and I definitely feel like a lot of my favourite movies and a lot of the ones that I'm, I just mentioned to you, like things like mm. um, Beetlejuice and um, Drop Dead Fred like are a bit culty and, and have their cult followings and, you know, lots of – I love musical theatre like mm. you obviously do as well. So things like, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show and The Little Shop of Horrors and, um, and Hedwig and all that type of stuff, like their fans are just insane and I, I kind of like it's sort of half, half the amusement that goes with it. Yeah, heck yeah. It's just getting in and around that whole – there's a whole different world there if you allow yourself to be part of it, which could be which can be a really, really fun thing to, to jump and dive into. Um, any other things, Ash? Any other things which have been serving you in this time of isolation that you would like to throw to the humans while I've got you? Hmm. Uh, I just think, you know, we also have to have a moment of gratitude and take advantage um, take advantage of all of the connectivity that we have mm. um, with our internet. I think that um, I'm cu- currently studying a, um, a PhD in, in cyber psychology and a lot of the research that I've you know, just started sifting through really is that a lot of us have really um, kind of negative opinions about social media and, mm. and its, impact, its impact on us. Um, but to be honest, it can have an absolutely amazing and beneficial impact on who we are and how we can connect with each other. And I think during this time, um, I do I do agree that we need to kind of put the phones down every now and again and, you know, maybe not binge read, um, you know, COVID, you know, death count articles. Yeah. But, but also, like, use social media and see what people are up to. Like, uh, my Instagram feed's just been full of, you know, people playing music or yeah. people sharing tutorials or cooking or exercising. And and even when I've been in a really shit mood, I've kind of just, like, enjoyed seeing people, I just, like, guess, like, living their own way or even just people being really vulnerable and honest and saying, you know mm. what, I'm really struggling. I'm really suffering right now. All of that, all of those really authentic displays of self, I find, to really help connect me to other people during this time. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I think that's really lovely. I think it's kind of an amazing thing, isn't it? Like, if you even think back, like, 15 years, like, imagine this happened 15 or 20 years ago and how much harder it would be to, like, connect with your friends and, and your family and 
people you care about than it is now. And and, and making the most of that, I think, is, is a wonderful thing. And I'm glad you're there, Ash, to sift through all of that data about social <laughs> media. I'm glad somebody's doing that. And I'm also really glad it's not me. So <laughs> thank you, Ash, for, for being you're on welcome. the front lines there. You're a, public you're, service. You're doing a public service. You're a bloody legend, pal. Um, and thanks so much for your time, Ash. Thanks for chatting to us. I actually think this is the most insightful and um, useful episode of this podcast so far. So <laughs> thank you for that. Great. Glad to help. Mostly it's just been me um, yelling into the ether and, and friends of mine um, just, you know, listing off book recommendations. So I really appreciate your time and your help, man. It's really, really nice of you. No um, problem. Thanks, can, for, thanks for chatting to me. Can you hit me with the deets for the Indigo Project, just by the way, while I've got you on the air? And I'll share I, all the I links and stuff. Can. So it's just www.theindigoproject.com.au. Um, you, you can access the services anywhere in Australia. And if you've got a mental health care plan, you can also uh, claim a rebate or bulk billing depending on your availability. Awesome. Ash, awesome. You're a legend, mate. Thanks for so much and, and have a really nice day. Same to you, Pat. Thanks for the chat. Anytime, man. Catch you soon. Bye. Bye. Big thanks to Ash King for joining us on the show. What a fantastic series of recommendations. Some really actually genuinely helpful stuff there, folks. I've put the link for the Indigo Project in the episode description. Um, So click on that, check that out, and follow all of Ash's great work. Big thanks to her again for joining us on the show. Okay, uh, credits. Music in this episode. Our intro was Freddie Mercury with Living On My Own off Mr. Bad Guy 1984. An auspicious year given the current circumstances. Background music was Kevin MacLeod with Acid Trumpet off Groovy 2016. Additional music was Back to Life by Soul to Soul, UMG 1989, as well as the trailer for Clifford, that's MGM at 1994. No Lay Miz in this episode! That means I'm going to have to get double Lay Miz in next time. News clips were from BBC, MSNBC, and ABC News. All of those are from the 8th of April. If you have a question or anything you'd like us to answer, you can email us at gingersnapsydney, or one word, at gmail.com. You can connect with us on Facebook at the ISOcast or on Twitter at the ISO underscore cast. Thanks to whoever stole my name. I needed that. I needed that in my heart. Uh, we'll be back next Tuesday for more advice and connection and community in this weird time of the COVID crisis. If you enjoyed the pod today, please share it with a friend. Rate us five stars on whatever app you're listening to this on and make sure you hit subscribe. I'm doing this all for the love right now, paying hosting fees out of my own little pocket and I would love to do it for both the love and the money. So <laughs> help a brother out. Subscribes and listens and ratings make a world of difference for me right now. So if you can, please hit that. That'd be awesome. Okay, thanks so much, everyone. Stay safe out there. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And I'll catch you on Tuesday. All right. 